Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. All right, guys, it's time. It is 6.02 p.m. Mountain Time, 5.02 where I'm at. Carl, what are you, Central Time? Is it 7.02 there? Yes, sir. Okay, 7.02. It's Tuesday. It's the twoest Tuesday of all time, uh, 2.22, Had to get the dag joke in there because I saw it 100 times, and I'm like, God, if I don't do it before Carl, then I'm going to be a failure. So <laughs> welcome in, guys. Building the Broncos. So much to get into today. Aaron Rodgers, no news interview, of course, but uh, maybe that no news is news. Who knows? And uh, press conference as well. But first and foremost, Carl, how you doing, buddy? It's good to see you. I'm I'm good. It's gotten a little cold here in the yeah. the Midwest. I think I checked my my car today, and it was two degrees when I took the kids oh. to school. So yeah, not fun. No, not fun at all. Yeah, I had to scrape off snow off my car today, which was. Uh, Moving up to Seattle, you hope you don't have to do more than once a year. That was probably the third time this year, unfortunately, but uh, is what it is. Um, so we're getting at it. Let's get to hello to the comment section here. Bradley Conger coming in saying, Sup, fellas. Hope you're doing well. Bradley, great to see you. Um, Jeff Noyes coming in. How you doing? Jeff says, I watched the, co- the coordinator in- introduction presser. Came away pressed with all three of them. Kudos to Peyton for what appears to be a great hire and Coach Hackett. Absolutely. All three seemed intelligent and well-spoken, uh, obviously the results will matter the most and we'll see what those tend out to be. But uh, man, um, all three, again, intelligent, well-spoken, articulate. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for the people that they hired um, and really hoping for the best for all of them. I'm also falling Smoth is in uh, falling sloth is in here. Howdy Broncos country. Hope you all have a great day. Um, yep. Again, Jeff noise coming in. Happy Tuesday. The two, 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 two coming in there. Colin, what over under how many minutes until Aaron Rogers name is mentioned? Well, guess what? Um, it was mentioned because of you, Colin. You put it in there. So, uh, boom, there it is. Dylan Von Ark, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you hit the like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Amen to that. Thank you, Dylan. Mike Woodward, evening, everybody. Also, we got Tyler Rogers. Hackett is such a breath of fresh air, man. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, so Hackett coming in there. Carl, I got to say, he must have talked to uh, my guy, Smythe, who I've talked with at a few NFL combines here. Pulled aside. I mean, just the man, myth, legend, in my opinion, Patrick mm-hmm. Smythe, is what, he, what he knows and what doesn't get out is uh, incredible. Um, but uh, I think Smythe must have pulled Hackett aside and said, here's the key words, because I want Nick Kendall tonight on tonight's Broncos for breakfast, uh, or excuse me, building the Broncos, which the Broncos also go. stole um, earlier uh, this year. They used a building the Broncos. I was like, hey, now, copyright infringement. That's not <laughs> fair, but uh, it's key buzzwords here. Efficiency. Oh, okay, Hackett, keep, keep talking to me. Mm-hmm. synergy oh do it one more time uses the word process two times so these are all george payton buzzwords as well but uh gotta yep. say again the <laughs> the nerd in me is like freaking out about even these, these uh buzzwords so hats off to hack it at the top energy and those keywords i'm in i'm in yeah you're right it's it is fun to listen to him talk yeah. and uh, compared to vic fangio who i don't know I, I guess kind of that way of saying he had a punchable face because he just looked angry all the time and just, uh, you know, his answers almost seemed like he was annoyed at everybody that was asking questions. 
He was a and, curmudgeon. He was a yeah, curmudgeon. Yeah. He, he's the, the get off my lawn kind of guy. Nathaniel Hackett's the guy with lemonade and cookies saying, Hey, come on in. Let's have a, let's have a party here. That That's him. Yeah. And, uh, and you could tell all the coaches that he's hired, all of them have incredible respect for him. Yeah. And, and just couldn't say enough good things about him. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they really, most of them want to talk about Hackett, the person more so than Hackett, the coach. And that, that says a lot about his character there. Absolutely. And uh, Jeff Noyes coming in as well, saying they seem to bring in energy that has been missing for a while. Definitely some fresh faces in there. Obviously, that could be a, a double-edged sword. You never know. But uh, I'm going to lean into the positivity for now and say it's a good thing. And definitely, there's hope in Broncos country right now, which there feels like there hasn't been in a bit. Maybe it's honeymoon phase. Maybe it's not. But, uh, you know, if it's that good, the honeymoon phase can last for a decade, you know, we'll see. Um, Marquise Serrano coming in here. Marquise and I go way back. Uh, Marquise and I used to do some football stuff. We actually played in middle school together, and uh, he's uh does a lot of football stuff. Big Titans fan, and he's he's talking about his number one quarterback here. I think his number one quarterback in Sam Howell. How do you guys like the idea of Sam Howell to the Broncos? Uh, obviously, Sam Howell, one of the quarterbacks down at the Senior Bowl this year, University of North Carolina. A lot of people mocked him as either the first or second quarterback off the board for the early, way too early mock drafts a year ago. Um, they lost Javante Williams. They lost uh, Daz Michael Newsom. Carter. They lost Michael Carter, and they lost another wide receiver whose name is, is escaping me right now. Um, was dra- Dwayne Brown. Um, they lost him as well. And uh, Sam Howell took a step back. I absolutely hate uh, the scheme that they're using there. I can't. The offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator for Ole Miss when they was like AJ Brown was like, yeah, I don't know any routes because my coordinator did not teach me any, or I don't know any. It's like, well, I hate this guy. Um, he's terrible. D- DK <laughs> uh, Metcalf as well getting upset at him. Ah, gosh, what's his name? But either way, Sam Howell to Denver. Wouldn't take him at nine. Wouldn't take him at 15. You're talking about that 25 to 40 range. Um, I would be interested. If he's your guy, um, then for sure. I think he's got arguably the second best pure arm talent in this class uh, behind the likes of uh, Malik Willis. And I, I assess arm talent as not just being static in the pocket and like perfect drop back throwing. I need you to be like a shortstop or a really good third baseman where you can get velocity off base off different platforms. I mean, Stafford did that all year and that's, it's not just the static um, arm talent that you see with like a Jared Goff or a Carson strong. It's the different platforms and the different arm angles. So I do like Howell uh, end of round one, youngest quarterback in this draft class too, going to be 21 years old. Um, Very tough player as well, which I like in a quarterback. But there's enough questions there where it's like, I'm, I don't want to be married to him. I'm interested in dating. You know, like I'll, I'll hit up the DMs. That's that's about it. But marrying him, which is what you do with a top 10 pick, not for me. Yeah, I, I've i had a love-hate relationship with Sam Howell. He beat out a kid from my area that I actually really liked the kid. Mm-hmm. He was a really neat kid, uh, very good personality. And he went to North Carolina, got beat out, had to transfer. Uh, but no, I, I, I like Howell. And, and I don't put everything that happened this year of his decline completely on him. Like you said, you lose your four best weapons. Any quarterback is going to decline in that situation. And like I said, with the system, he made that system work. It was square peg round hole and he still made it fit kind of, (laughs) I mean, there's still some times that it wasn't quite perfect and, and he had to kind of improvise. And uh, there's a few things about his game that I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, and, uh, and before I get to that, I do want to get to we are going to be having our, our another stars competition here for a Broncos jersey. That is a choice by the, the person who wins. And right now we are at eight. I think it's oh, 96 percent complete. 
and almost there, guys. And that, that's just incredible. 250,000 stars. So make sure you guys get in there and, and get your opportunity to, to win this jersey. And right now we got uh, the leaderboard with Michael Ranquillo sitting there at number one, Jacob Foster, number two, Mark Schrader, number three, Rodney Garcia, uh, Miguel Santos, Ven, Travis Tarbox, Tim Hoffman, Andrew Baker, Peter Middleton, Lawrence Rivera. There's your top 10 right now, guys. Yeah. Everybody, get you've got an opportunity to get in tonight. So please take advantage of that. And uh, may the best man win or woman or, or whoever wins. Uh, like I said, jersey of your choice. If I'm picking, personally, I'd probably go a Patrick Sertan jersey. I think that guy's going to be around for a while. I think he's going to probably get that second contract unless there's some kind of injuries that, that happen here in, in Denver. I'm, I'm always a – I want them to be a lifer or almost lifer. You know, Von Miller, he counts because he's he's a Bronco for life. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, so like I said, get into that competition, guys. Tonight is a, a great opportunity to get those stars in, get your questions in. Plenty to talk about with this press conference and, and some – Great new names here in Denver that seem very, very excited, understand the history of this organization, understand how much all of us as fans want to win. So like I said, get your questions in there. And we got uh, Jay Kozad coming in saying, I like what the new coaches had to say. It's a different approach. Hope it works. Well, no one we know, right? Yeah. That's the thing. And uh, you know what? Also, not to be that uh, glaring reality of the situation, but uh, it's not going to matter if they don't figure out the quarterback position. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying it won't be drew lock. I'm not saying it will be drew lock, but if right now what they've had so far since Peyton Manning, heck since 2014, Peyton Manning for the most part has not been good enough. So they can be great coaches. Um, but if the quarterbacks are struggling and putting out statistical output that we've seen the last six years, it's not good enough. Um, yeah. They'll be gone. It's this that's football. Uh, thank you so much, Jay, for joining us today. We also got Albert Knoppers in the house. Howdy, Nick and Carl. Good to see you. James Hyatt. Awesome to see. Uh, we got Michael coming in. My dogs. Thank you, Michael. You're, you're, you can be one of my dogs as well. It's okay. Um, Summit's number one for me, but that's okay. Uh, Jeff Noyes in the house, obviously. De Dennis Woods. Good to see you. Collaboration. I love that. Yeah, talking about the – that's one of my biggest takeaways, I think, was um, – takeaways listening to the press conference twice going over the notes uh marinating it on it a bit is that this is very much going to be a collaborative effort obviously you have everybody who is their specific coaching whether, whether that be the positional or the offense or whatever but you're going to have guys overlapping and working with each other and really leaning on each other picking each other's brains and i also liked what they had to say talk about collaboration that's both football and outside of football you know they these guys the players and the coaches hung out outside of football to get really get to know who they were as people, what makes them tick, how to approach them. Um, so I'm excited about it. It does seem like it's going to be a, no matter how it goes, these are guys that are going to have each other's back. And I think it's going to be a very tight community. Now adversity, when you throw adversity in there, who knows what it looks like and they will have to have it again. It's the NFL. Um, but if you have a strong tie and you have everybody's back, uh, everybody has each other's back that I think leads itself to trust and, a better process. And it just didn't feel that way in Denver under Vic Fangio. And a lot of finger pointing, a lot of passive aggressiveness, a lot of like, well, it's not my, it's not my problem that that happened. No, you, you need that guy next to you that trusts you. And also to trust that he's going to do what he can to help you as well. And I feel that with this, I mean, just based yeah. off a press conference, who, who knows for sure, but I feel that with this, where it definitely was not the case towards the end with Vic Fangio. Right. Well, I always think of that, that Super Bowl season, Von Miller had a nightclub, in his basement and yeah. like all the players and even some coaches would come and hang out and, and just talking about that relationship that, that you build outside of the building. 
Yep. It's not a, a job come nine to five. And when I clock out, I don't think about this anymore. No, this was, this is, this is our family. This is our, our friends. This is who we hang out with. And uh, Paul, hi to you as well. Always good to see you. Uh, Kelly on coming in saying, yo, CC, what's up Broncos country. Hope y'all doing great. Thank you, CC. Hope you're doing great as well. And uh, Don Olson saying, Hey guys, what about starting Brett Rippin this year and see if we can get the number one draft choice next spring? Uh, you know, that's always great in theory. It just mm -hmm. never plays out because too many of these guys are fighting for their job right now. And also, you know, who's going to be bleeping killing. Nah, that's, that's too much, but like just over the angry beyond belief, if something like this happens, the pass catchers, the guys who are dependent on the quarterback for their money. I mean, Noah Fant, who's entering a fifth year option year coming down the line, maybe a contract coming up. Uh, Jerry Judy already three years in the league. Now you're going to be tanking with a guy who is borderline. I don't want to completely drag rip in here, but you know, borderline rosterable talent at quarterback. Um, and then you're going that whole season. I just, I can't see it. I can't see it. And then people are talking, Oh, just play drew lock. You'll tank. You know, I I'm critical of lock because the bar for me is top 10 quarterback play. And if you can't even, if you're not flirting there, then I'm looking to upgrade the position. Um, but with Locke on this team, he is probably too good as long as he's protecting the football for this team to completely bottom out. There's just too much talent also around the roster. Now, if you put Locke on the Lions, we're having a different conversation. But there's too much talent on this Broncos team as it currently stands for that to happen. With Rippon, though, maybe. It's just, it's just, it's not feasible. Um, and there's too many, like, you, it's, you say that nice on paper now, but man, that would be a very long and painful season to get to for sure. Yeah. Um, we also got the, the brainstorm coming in here saying, I will love you join you guys and talk football kiss. Um, well, <laughs> thank you for the two ninety nine super. Um, yeah. If you have any questions for us, let us know. Um, yeah. also Carl getting into your lemonade and cookies here. CJ Morris coming in and saying, hello, Bronco. Hello boys draft Stingley. Yes. This is absolutely uh, something that I would consider. Stingley is, I don't know if you saw Daniel Jeremiah's mock today. Uh, Stingley fell, I think, to the 14th pick going to the Baltimore Ravens, which what a great fit that would be for them, Marlon Humphrey and Derek Stingley. Um, but uh, something caught my eye today in Ijiro Ivaro's uh, press conference, specifically talking about all the lineages of coaches he's worked under, 3-4, Wade Phillips, Monty Kiffin, uh, Morris as well, and of course, uh, Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio, et cetera. They're going to be running a lot of the same stuff as Vic Fangio, but a little bit different. Um, but the thing he said to me is if we can't get pressure with four, which newsflash guys, Broncos couldn't get pressure with four last year, um, dead last in pass rush win weight, according to ESPN. And for those at home, that's dead last. Um, so th in that scenario, you're expecting the Broncos to probably send four, send five, send six. If you're going to take Evero at his word, could be coach speak, who knows? Um, but if you're going to be sending five or six, con uh, continuously, you know what you need? Damn good cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what that heavy S on the cornerbacks. What? Oh man, the Broncos, they blitzed a lot under Wade Phillips. It was a lot of fun. They dictated. They also had three top 20 cornerbacks on the same team in the same season. Like that doesn't happen. That's really rare. Um, the Buccaneers as well. They have three good cornerbacks when they're healthy. And that made the defense tick uh, because they could actually play in space. Uh, but when one of those guys got hurt, it, it fell apart. Um, so you, you need to have, if you're going to be blitzing, like uh, Evero hinted at today, you need bodies in the back end and Darby slash Sertan is quite frankly, not enough in the AFC West. For sure. I, I would love Stingley. Like I said, then you can play a lot of man coverage across the board. You can mix up what you're doing with your safeties and yep. bring those blitzes and feel good about being able to hold up on the back end. Uh, that, that would be huge for the Broncos. And, and it, 
the great thing is they'd be young in the secondary as well. They'd be there for a long time being a, a good unit for you. So if you're going to, you can build on a strength. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you, you recognize the weaknesses, but if you can build on a strength and make it all the, that much more stronger and lean into it, go for it. But uh, we got Mike S coming in here talking about an Alabama boy. What's up Broncos country. And Travis Tarbox saying, evening, fellas. Sorry, I wasn't very active this morning, Nick. Work was kind of hectic this morning, but I was listening DB for life. Travis, you know, we just appreciate you tuning in at all. Really, we yeah. do. It, it's always great to see you. And we understand work. It, work's a priority. All of us have our, our different jobs we got to do. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> it should be at least enough of a priority. So, uh, But glad you're tuning in here now, Travis, and getting a chance to talk about some Bronco football. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see. I always have to put on Travis's hat that he sent me when uh, he shows up. Um, I had it ready for you this morning, but not showing up. That's okay. Travis is uh, super helpful and supportive to us here. Uh, good to see Todd Ostendorf as well coming in here. Um, let's get at it here. Um, I'll let uh, I'll peruse the comments here, but can you kind of lead us off here with the press conference a bit while I kind of you know pull some of these up? Like, what did what did you get today with Hackett leading it off? Well, again, I I love. Hackett talking about all these different guys, most of them he knows very personally. Like he trusts them, they trust him. And so there's already that that relationship that's there. Uh, sometimes, like you said, there's that disconnect between Fangio and his players and other coaches. Hackett, I mean, one of these guys, uh, Evero was his, or Evero was his, uh, his best man, or he was his best man at his wedding or one of the, vice versa, I can't remember exactly how that went. Um, and, and on top of that, a lot of these guys are well-respected around the league. So it's not just a, Hey, this is our buddies club. It's no, these are football guys that love football. And, and, and also, like I said, they, they all care about people They care about the players they're going to be working with, um, listening to, I think it was, was it Outen was talking about when he was coaching in high school. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, that, that was kind of a, a neat experience just to hear him talk about learning from being a teacher in the classroom. Yeah. working with special needs kids and seeing how they all learn in different ways and um, and then carrying that over to the football field and learning, hey, I, I've got to work to teach these guys in different ways than I did before. Yeah. And uh, and so and then I loved the other part of this is it's not only that they're about building relationships, but they're about figuring out how best to to teach like they want to be teaching coaches. That, that was very, very evident that that's their number one priority is really teaching these guys to be not only good players, but good people as well. And, yeah. you know, obviously you got to go out there and win. You can't just have a, a team of, of good guys and say, Hey, yeah, we're going to keep your job because well, you know, Hey, we're, we're good guys. Uh, they got to actually go win some games, but it just seems like they they're willing to tap into a little bit of everything. And Chase Wellner, thank you for the stars. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I wanted to make sure to, to recognize you for that. You guys rock. Go Broncos. Thank you. You rock as well, Chase. Uh, but uh, but no, it just just listening to them to, to them talk. Like I said, they they recognize there's so many different avenues that they need to connect with these players through analytics, through uh, technology, through going out and having, um, you know, supper together, playing cards together, whatever it may be. They recognize all of this has to be a part of of being with the Denver Broncos. And, yeah. and so just seeing that, that wholeness of what they're bringing to the table is, is very different than what we've heard the last few years with different coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And Nathan coming here saying, get, let's get to this to 69 likes people. 
Nice. Let's do it. Um, also, Robert Katzlow's in the house. What's up, Broncos Maniacs? What's up to you, Robert? Hope you're doing well. Michael Ronquillo coming back in today. Michael was a superstar um, this morning, so uh, good to see you're uh, still hanging around, Michael, down there in Tucson, Arizona. Michael says, good evening, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Michael, man. It's uh, it's great to see you. Always awesome to see you here. Colin Wood, uh, we have good running backs, and the line gets no push. We can't gain one yard when we need it or push it over the goal line. Yeah, the offensive line's been a little bit passive, um, I would say, but uh, hopefully with this outside zone scheme, we can see it get a little bit better. I do think that the futures of specifically Natane Moody, probably most emphatically, given how much movement skill is required for the position, and he just does not look good moving in space. I mean, sorry, guy, like, you're a good power scheme fit, but outside zone, ugh. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry, too. He's one that uh, concerns me as far as the fit um, going forward because of how much climbing and um, targeting outside of that first line of the offensive line that you have to do with the outside zone defense. So we'll see. Um, yeah, but I agree with you. You have good running backs, but it's the running game typically only going to ever be as good as the guys blocking for them. Yep, for sure. Uh, th that's why I am very glad that they brought Glasgow back because yeah. he can play all three interior spots and he has enough movement skills and he's, he's, he's very good in space yep. getting to his guy and, and making the block. I think he's one of the better ones. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see him, but we got Mike Woodward coming in saying question, guys, I keep hearing how we have a playoff Super Bowl roster. Am I missing something? I don't see it being that solid. I see holes at every level. I think it's people see the potential. I mean, the, the, you got some really good athletes on this, this roster that haven't been there in the past guys that can get open in space. You got a lot of, of weapons that can make plays and, and we've seen it in little bits. I mean, obviously Cortland Sutton, he's shown it for an entire season going over a thousand yards. Tim Patrick, he's shown he can be right there at that thousand yard wide receiver, Jerry Judy. I mean, that touchdown to end the, was it the 2020 season against the Raiders for that 92 yard touchdown or whatever it was. I mean, yeah. you get to see he can go and make those kind of plays. And we saw it in the first week against the giants before he got hurt. 100%. I mean, this guy, you get him the ball, he's going to make something happen. Noah Fant. You think back to his rookie year against like the, the Houston Texans when he had some huge plays in that one where he took a five yard pass and turned it into an 80 yard play. So you see the, the potential of what those kind of weapons can be. And then on defense, yeah, you got playmakers at, at the different levels. There, yes, there are holes, but you see a lot of young players that have stepped up that could grow into something more. Broncos yeah. haven't had that as much in the past. I, and I think this is also a, uh, first let's get to Michael because man, Michael always coming in with the help. Let's hit the stars goal tonight. Broncos country go Broncos. Michael, you, the star goal has been hit in my, in my mind. Cause you're here. Uh, so we appreciate you obviously joining us on building the Broncos today. Um, coming back to Mike Woodward's question here. Uh, I don't think that you're missing anything, but I think the, the most important thing in here is that maybe not just you, but this is a, this is something that happens to every single fan of every single team. You're so close to the situation that if you step back, you notice that every single team has holes and issues across the roster. I mean, the bleeping Super Bowl winning Rams brought in Eric Weddle, who hadn't played football in two years, who's wearing the green dot in the Super Bowl. First time a safety's done that in like five years. Um, and they're they're uh, linebackers. Troy Reader, who? They're Ernest Jones. I mean, solid for them, but rotational guys. So um, every single roster is going to have holes. The thing about being a Super Bowl roster or a playoff roster is that a good quarterback, especially when you're talking about like jumping up tiers, 
like going from like a tier four quarterback to a tier three quarterback is worth like two and a half wins on the season. And then like from, from every single tier up there, it's about two and a half wins. So if you plug in, it's, it depends on the caliber of quarterback, but even though there are holes in this team, if you plug in a hell, even a Kurt cousins, who's, you know, 12, eight to 12, uh, any given season, we'll see. I mean, these guys are being moved up because Tom Brady leaving Deshaun Watson now at the league right now, uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers leaving who knows. Um, but, uh, Definitely. And that's, again, it just goes to speak of how valuable the quarter, quarterback position is. If you have a good enough quarterback, you do not have to have a perfect roster, well, period. End of story. They cover up holes. Uh, they raise all ships, all the cliches. They, they're true for the quarterback. Uh, but you have to have an exceedingly perfect roster and so narrow margins if you don't have that guy. And that's why you typically don't see teams that don't have a great quarterback. Or when you do see them win a Super Bowl, they tend to regress quickly, massively back to the mean. 2015 Broncos, the Eagles after Nick Foles, uh, Ravens with Joe Flacco, quick regression back to the mean because it's so fragile as far as health. All those guys that are um, young, contract, cost-controlled at the same time, blip, gone. Right. Um, I I think of of Hackett with the the Jaguars where they were in the AFC championship almost, I mean, just a couple plays away from going to the Super Bowl and had that great defense, great run game, all those kind of things. And then by the next year, they're pretty much blowing it up yep. because they didn't have the quarterback figured out. But we got the brainstorm coming back in again. If we don't trade for Aaron and we don't get a quarterback this year in the draft, who will you guys look forward to next year's draft? Oh, okay. Everybody knows Bryce Young and – uh CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud, as I forget the name mid sentence, but because I was already starting to think of all these other quarterbacks. <laughs> um, I actually was pretty impressed with Will Levis uh, this season at Kentucky. Um, he's got a, he's a decent athlete with a good arm and uh, he did a pretty good job unlocking Wandale Robinson um, for that offense there at Kentucky. I think Phil Jerk, Jerkovic at uh, Boston college has some intriguing tools. Spencer Rattler, you know, say what you will about the the person Spencer Rattler, the, the, the tape that he's had, you know, has been some, some issues, but the arm is real. The arm talent is real. The athleticism, the mobility uh, to it's like a Patrick Mahomes type of mobility. You know, it's not like Trey Lance or that kind of runner, um, but that's there as well. Uh, we'll see what happens with Jaden Daniels. Anthony Richardson is an incredible athlete at Florida. Who's kind of still getting it together. I really like Jaron Hall at uh, uh, BYU as well. Yep. There's Van Dyke at Miami who is really intriguing. Uh, Tanner McKee at Stanford was uh, really talented as well. He intrigues me. Uh, so there's a lot of guys. Um, it's Jay Kaner. Like- I don't think he's got an NFL arm. I, I did not overlook him on purpose. All right. I overlooked him on purpose. <laughs> okay. Unf- unfortunately, but um, i got to have, there's like a cutoff for arm for me. It's like, uh, who's the guy this in this year's class um, from Western Kentucky. Uh, LB. No, no, that's, that's, or, Western oh, Michigan. that's Western uh, Michigan. Yeah. Zap Bailey zap. Sorry, buddy. Uh, you don't got enough RPMs on that ball for me. Um, but as far as next year's draft, that's that's where I'm looking as well. And who knows? Um, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers is available next offseason if you can't get him this one. Who knows? Uh, thank you so much, Brainstorm. Uh, appreciate you double dipping here. It's great to see you. Um, we also got a $20 super coming in from Corey H. How great, man. We love you, Corey H. It's going to be great. Uh, I was able to catch AA Ron today. Nothing said is right. <laughs> but there's a lot of nothing said. He talked about a lot of nothing. He could have said anything, but he said nothing. And that is something we still have a shot. Yeah, there we go, baby. The good vibes are rolling. Um, we still have a shot. I think personally, Aaron Rodgers is going to be back in green Bay next season. Uh, but I think that's me coping and guarding myself. You know, it's like, uh, the hottest girl in 
high school. I'm, I'm with my high school sweetheart. So like, I'll keep my voice down on this one. This is just an example, not me, but like, you know, I'm not even going to ask. So I don't have to get turned down. That's where I feel like I'm at with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not even imagining the possibility because I can't take the hurt again that I got last season. I am still holding on to that little bit of hope that this, this works out for the Broncos. God and bless you. you got, got a four year run here of, of greatness and it's all exciting. And then of course they find their next quarterback right after him. And, and uh, we just ride off into the sunset on unicorns. That, that's, that's my world. You know, that, that's where I live, but uh, no, you're right. He, he did say a lot of nothing. And thankfully he said it at the beginning of the interview, like, Hey, I'm not going to give anything today. So I I'll be honest. I kind of cut it off at that point. I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. I, I yeah. thought I was tuning in for this big announcement and you put out this big thing yesterday. And now you're saying, Oh, I just I got back from this retreat and I'm just very thankful for the people in my life and all this kind of stuff. And I, I don't know. He, he's such a strategic person. It's hard to know. I, I think he feeds off this of people trying to read into everything he's doing and, and almost finds it funny, but uh, you know, I, I still want him but it, it's starting to tick me off a little bit with this holdout. I, I just want to know, can I, can I move forward with you or move forward without you? Like I, I need to know where I'm going. Quit teasing me. You son yeah. of a, okay. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, God, it's good TV. Um, maybe he's a little bit of a narcissist, but like most of the great quarterbacks have been, um, you're damn right. I'd take him here in Denver. Still my mm-hmm. guest coming in, uh, with the Alabama, Crimson Tide logo here. Wondering what tackles will be left at nine. Your boy, uh, Evan Neal, will not be there at nine. Uh, I guess there is a chance that Ike Maquanu could be there in North Carolina State. Maybe some teams are like, oh, he's a guard. I mean, he can guard or tackle. I don't really care. I also think, like, there's been some people who haven't really considered him because of, like, the run-blocking-esque fit. And, like, I want the pass protector. He's still got some work in the pass pro, but, like, his ability to be, like, a heat-seeking missile at the second level as a blocker uh, is incredible. And that's something that I'm going to be interested to see how Quinn Miners does this year because Quinn Miners, great athlete, no doubt about it. But sometimes I felt like he was a little bit over his heels and out of control when asking to reach block. That yep. is not the case with the Quanu, man. He is targeted, locked in, and he's going to bury somebody. So um, he's one, probably not going to be there at nine. Maybe Charles Cross. I have concerns about his pass protection. I do know he's working with Duke Manyweather. I'm going to have to pick his brain about that. Uh, Sometimes we've we've DM back and forth in the past, so we'll see. Um, some Tristan Wirfs love, which was great. That was like Tristan Wirfs sophomore year. I'm like, this kid is amazing. Oh my god! And he's like, he is. Um, <laughs> and uh, let me see the other one. Um, maybe Trevor Penning up there at nine. I saw that Daniel Jeremiah had him going six today in his mock draft, which was Ooh. wild to me. Um, but things are going to change a lot, and consensus is all over the board in this year uh, for the draft apparently. So who knows? Uh, but those are the guys I think I'd keep in mind right now. Anybody else would be a concerning level of reach. Uh, I'm with you there. I know some have mentioned, um, I'm trying to remember the guy from central Michigan, a uh, Bernard Raymond. Yep. Yep. He's, a, he's talented. Um, but he's kind of more of an end of round one kind of guy, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, didn't do as well at the senior bowl as I'd hoped. Granted the edge talent at the senior bowl was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. but I did not think that he held his own to the extent of like, Oh yeah, that's a first round pick. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, and we got Robert Caslow coming in here. Um, Carl, I don't know if you have the ability to grab any of the things as well, but if you see any of that, you know, tickle your fancy, then go ahead. Uh, Scott is not joining us today. So we are kind of, it's the live streaming equivalent of free ball in it. Um, but uh, we're going in here. It's not brought to by, not brought to you by Manscaped, but maybe it should be. Uh, what are the needs that need to be filled in free agency? Uh, the, the real cheating answer here is all of them. 
Um, <laughs> every single obvious gaping need that you have on this roster right now, where, where you don't have the guy. Let's look at it this way. You look at the roster right now, prior to the draft, even what spot can I go into the, the, the season. And I feel comfortable with what I have with the starting 11, maybe a few depth guys as well. Um, those have to be filled prior to the draft because you cannot go into the draft with a singular position needing to be drafted in the first round or the second round or your season sunk. Um, so to me, that says for sure, for sure, for sure, you need to bring in a tackle, a right yep. tackle, without a doubt. Um, and you also have to bring in an off-ball linebacker. The other or position, two. or two. I I feel competent that going into the draft with Josie Jeweler, Alexander Johnson, pushed also by Jonas Griffin and Baron Browning, that you should be okay there and let the draft come to you. It's not like where your total question marks at the position, which you are right now at right tackle and uh, linebacker. Um, those are the two that I think have to be filled in free agency, no matter what. Yeah. Nickel corner. It'd be tough to go into the draft without having somebody for that position because they've lost like yeah. 95% of the guys that took snaps there yep. are, are gone off the roster right now. Yep. Uh, and, and that's an underrated position in today's NFL. I, I still hate that they don't count that as a starter when they're listing their, their top 11, because that p- position plays more than usually your second, third linebacker. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, sorry, I got to clean up a little bit of trash here in the comment section as well. Um, but uh, that was unfortunate. Um, Trevor Sandal coming in here saying, Nick, is it just me or did the offensive coordinator, uh, Justin Oten, uh, comments today seem about lock like coach speak. As Scott says, it's something, it's saying something and not really saying anything. He also mentioned Matt Ryan. Does that mean something about the Broncos could be looking for. Um, he mentioned Matt Ryan and Matt Schaub kind of competing together, being still friends, but also making each other better, which is uh, what you want for that quarterback position. Still being competitive, but being friendly competitive is key. As far as the coach speak, I mean, he stated the obvious, and it's something that anybody who's watched Drew Lock can tell you. He's a solid athlete, and he's got a big arm. How is he going to yeah. work into the offense? He continued to – how is he going to fit in the offense and what works for him? Uh, we're going to find out, um, but uh, that's that's my observations off tape. Uh, said um, – Justin Outen. The other big thing with him was uh, he mentioned the first thing <laughs> when he opened up the press conference, I think, I think it was the first thing or the second thing is what's the most important thing on offense. He didn't say scoring points. He said, it's all about the ball, protecting the ball. And he said the team that um, the team that wins the turnover battle by plus one wins 72% of the games. And the team that wins a turnover battle by two or more wins 82% of the games. Doesn't that sound familiar, Carl? God, I just feel like we've, the turnover stuff has been talked to. It's been beaten to death, yeah. but it's just so real. Yeah. And he did say something. It didn't make me cringe, but it made me think of something that Shermer said of we want every drive end in a kick. Like yeah. Shermer said that a couple times as well. And it's just, it's a coaching idea. That's what you want. If you can't score a touchdown, you want to be able to kick a field goal. If you can't kick a field goal, you want to be able to punt yeah. a turnover. An actual turnover is a bigger deal than, than a kick. And, uh, and so like I said, you got to protect the football. You want to go score points. You want to be aggressive, but you want to be a controlled aggressive in what you're doing. And yeah. that's something that, that Locke still struggles with. He still doesn't quite know when he's supposed to pull the trigger, when he's not supposed to. And part of that is just not always understanding what, what he's supposed to be doing on a play, what a defense is trying to do it against him. You know, th- there's a lot of things that he's got to play into that. But also remember when these coaches are being asked some of these questions, and, and I, I love Mike Kliss is always the guy. Hey, I don't know if you caught Aaron Rodgers today, but he didn't make his announcement. It's like, okay, we can't talk about Rodgers 
and whether he's coming here or not, you know, like they can't talk about that. They have to talk about players that are on their roster mm-hmm. and uh, like the Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub thing. He can talk about it because, hey, that's this is what happened at a past job. But he can't say, hey, we're trying to go get Matt Ryan yeah. at this time. And uh, and so Biggie, what's up to you as well? Oh, I always appreciate seeing you here in the chat and uh, getting some chance to talk football. Travis coming back in saying I was definitely interested in you talking about Jameis Winston this morning. He could be an upgrade over what we've had. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's a turnover machine as well. So I'm not sure of exactly how his fit would be with this system and what they're looking for, because, yeah, he he can make some incredible throws where he'll make a throw into some of the tightest windows that you've seen. But then it's also that he's thrown into triple coverage in that moment and some of those get picked off and then you're you're shaking your head going, what what were you seeing? Yeah, like what 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 made you decide this is where I should go with the football? And, uh, and so I, I like Winston and I think he was starting to show some decent signs there at New Orleans. I, I think he, you know, he got his eyes fixed. I always kind of wonder how much of a difference that makes when he hits the LASIK surgery, all those kind of things of, Oh, I can actually see there's other players on the field. Um, mm-hmm. but there, there's still times where it's a decision making problem for him. It's not an eye thing for him. And, yeah. uh, and so there, there's still some issues that. I think would make the coaches really hesitant to go with him. I think probably Mariota would be more of a guy that they like because he protects the football yeah, and has some decent athleticism. I think they could do some, some decent things with him. If I'm looking at free agency, that's probably the first guy I'm going towards. Yeah. Winston Mariota kind of funny, the one and two in that draft class as well. Um, the thing about Winston that interests me is uh, last year for quarterbacks that had at least 200 dropbacks, he was number two in the entire NFL in EPA per play. And that is despite having literal question marks that he was throwing to at the wide receiver core. I mean, Michael Thomas is out all season. Marquez Callaway has been on multiple rosters and he's talented, but he's kind of uh, known as a having some issues. Um, tight end position, question mark, wide receiver. I mean, I don't know. Also, the thing about uh, Winston is that if you can run the Sean Payton offense, you have a lot on your plate uh, mentally because there's no there's no scheme in football offensively that puts more on the quarterback shoulders from a pre and post snap basis, which is the opposite of what you tend to see with the Kyle Shanahan offense. But but the quarterbacks that have been best in the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay offense are ones that got their growth and development elsewhere where they had to be more cerebral and then put into these this offense where they can answer questions beyond, you know, if this isn't there, I'll get to this, uh, the under route here. Actually, I have a backside dig that I'm going to get to that uh, is not part of the progression per se, but I know it's there and I can get to it because I've done it in other schemes. So I, the question for me with Winston is more so the years and the money. If it's something that's like two years for 20 million per and the second year is easy to get out of, I'm interested. I think he's going to yeah. get more than that. I think he's going to go to the Saints. So uh, we'll see about that. We got the. Uh, Dennis Woods coming in $5 rank the positional needs this year, right? Tackle edge cornerback and inside linebacker. Other personally, I think it's right tackle. No matter the quarterback, we have to keep him upright. Then edge cornerback and inside linebacker. Maybe I'm off base here, but like Bobby Massey was fine last year, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he didn't, the right tackle position was not a plus, but it wasn't a huge problem either. Am I, am I off base? No, you're, you're not. I, I thought, in my opinion, he was the best right tackle they've had since Orlando Franklin. Yeah, Jared Valdir was solid um, the one year he was here also, but um, I agree with that. Uh, and can you please tell me when the Broncos picked up Bobby Massey? 
it was pretty late in the game after the draft. Yeah, it was after the draft. So I guess my point is that you don't need a stud at the right tackle spot. And obviously it's better to have great players, but you don't need an absolute stud at right tackle. I mean, the Rams just won with Rob Havenstein at the right tackle spot. Who, like, who exactly? Um, I know him just cause I'm a big 10 psychopath, but uh-huh. uh, um, Wisconsin there, baby. Um, but you don't need an absolute God at right tackle um, to be great. If one falls there that you love, that's awesome. You can do different things. Your offensive line because of that. Um, but you don't have to, it's not so such an issue where you have to spend that level of investment on it. Um, yeah. So for me coming back around, it's edge, baby. I mean, edge is far and away the biggest need outside of quarterback on this team. Um, the Broncos finished last year, 32nd in pass rush win rate. They finished 31st in pro football focus pass rush grade. Uh, they were one of the worst teams in all of football at getting after the quarterback last year. They, I don't know if you saw this tweet from me, Carl, um, on the Broncos defensive line, how many uh, out of the top eight snap earners on the Broncos defensive line, edge and interior defensive line, how many of them were not seventh round picks or undrafted free agents. Well, you got Draymond Jones was a third round pick. End list. That's it. That's the type of bodies and investment you're making in the interior defensive line right now. Yeah, yes, Shelby Harris has been a hit um, for that. Um, you probably could say he would have been more like a, a third round pick or a fourth round pick in terms of value uh, where he's at right now. But like, this is a defensive line that just does not have the types of bodies and athletic talents. Uh, across it um, last season, especially after Von Miller and Bradley Chubb went out, that you don't have those guys. Um, so yeah. I think it's emphatically edge. And I think it's edge to the point where you could list edge on there twice and I might pick it twice. Um, <laughs> so it's that yeah. much. And also it's a, uh, it's concerned because it's not just you're talking about draft need. Um, you'd be okay. Okay. Next year going into the draft or going into the season with Cooper Chubb and Malik Reed. Two of those guys are gone after next year. So you need to find a starter for 2023 this draft cycle this year. Um, so Edge is way up there. And again, Evero saying if we can't get after quarterback, we're gonna send five. If we can't get there with five, we're gonna send six. That to me says pass rush is important. And I would rather not blitz because I want to send four. But if we can't do it, we um if we can't get there with four, we'll send more. That means that this is a team that he knows they need they need to spend more investment on the defensive line and the pass right. rush. Right, for sure. Now, I, if I'm looking at this list, these top four, I'd go edge, cornerback, right tackle, inside linebacker, or off-ball linebacker there. Yeah. Um, just because cornerback, again, just the value of what they bring to the team, it's a lot harder to find a quality starter after the draft like they did with finding Bobby Massey for the right tackle position. And, and honestly, if that's what the Broncos do this year is say, hey, let's just run it back with Bobby Massey, I'm okay with that. I'd still like to see them put some kind of investment in the draft to develop. Yeah. But I, I really don't mind if he's the starter this next season. Um, but that, that would be kind of be my order again, just edge cornerback, right tackle off ball linebacker. And all, all of them are, are good needs. And if they drafted any of those early in the draft, I'm going to be happy about it and excited to see what they could do with it. It's just, you got to keep, putting more and more bodies into all these different positions. You got to spread. I mean, I mean, that's exactly what the draft is about. And I'm glad the Broncos have a lot of draft capital. Like even if they trade for Aaron Rodgers, they can still fill out a lot of positions on this roster to, uh, to make it look good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in with more support. We thank you, Michael. And also sh- everybody shout out to Dylan because we had some absolute trash in the comments here. Obviously we're trying to do what we can um, with the show, but uh, Dylan, we couldn't do it without you. Thank you so, so much for taking out the trash. And typically, you know, you kind of want to dance around things, you know, that might be a little touchy. 
that guy was garbage and I hope they uh, never come back <laughs> or those people, whoever they are. Shout out to Dylan. Thank you for your help on that. Um, but it also says resign Massey and draft a guy. That'd be great. Um, there are some outside zone tackles that were uh, Scott and I discussed this morning. We'll get into it a little bit more with the, uh, the combine coming up here. So it'll be really fun to see the measurements, see actually who's going to stick reaching that uh, 33, 33 and a half inch arm length. That is a prerequisite for sticking at tackle uh, for me, at least. Um, so let's keep going with the conversation here uh, about the offensive, offensive defensive line, special teams coach. I got to say, man, special teams coach. I know that he came off a little bit uh, gruff, maybe at first, you know, holding back, especially when he's like talking about like, I'm not, I don't know exactly what scheme they ran. Obviously, we know that we were last in punt return and kick return. We got to work on that. But like, he's a dude, man. I was like, I'm vibing with this guy. I'm, yeah. I'm, I want to be friends with you. Like Nathaniel Hackett, he's fine. He's corny. I'm sometimes can be like that too. But I thought that um, this uh, special teams coach, whose name is escaping me right now. Cause it's Dwayne Stukes, Dwayne Stukes. I thought I loved him. I'm really excited to see what he does with the, uh, with the team. And man, I would kill <laughs> to be in meetings with him. Yeah, no, he was, like I said, he started off a little, little rough. Yeah, you could tell this is new to him of getting in front of media and answering questions like this to this kind of extent, I guess I'd say. Um, but it was nice hearing him just talk about, okay, I got to build, I got to, I got to convince the players that this scheme is good, and then I can go from there to actually taking advantage and helping them learn and, and grow from there. I, I, I love that part of it. Yeah. You know, it, it just, I think sometimes there's a lot of coaches that just come in and say, my scheme is best. You learn it or you're gone. Deal with it. Yep. Instead of actually, hey, why does this work? Why is this important? Why do you want me to do this? If you know the why, people want to follow you with that. And and so that, that's what I loved about each of these different coaches. They kept wanting to go into the, the question of why. Why do we do this? Why why do we teach it this way? Why are we um, you know, running these kind of plays? And, and just trying to build off that. Why is this going to work this week and it didn't work last week? It just makes people actually want to buy into it. That, that that was their big thing. They kept talking about. They got to buy into what we're doing here. And yeah. uh, I, I just, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm still yeah. a little nervous about how young these guys are. You know, I love that they kept bringing up Don, Dom Capers and talking yeah. about how he's got enough experience for everybody. And you know, they do have some of those kind of guys that are still around. Bill Kolar has been around the league forever. But at the same time, still, these guys being the first time actually calling plays, running things, running meetings like this makes me a little nervous. Are they actually ready for this moment? Yep, absolutely. I'm um, a quick shout out to some of the stars. Michael Ronquillo coming in with 3,300 so far. Andrew Baker. Good to see you, Andrew. Uh, 250. Marquis Serrano, friend of the show, coming in $200. I've, I've uh, guested on a few of his shows as well. We had one. Carl, right back, even before we started one, uh, Marquise and I were in a show called The Three Tech because we were Ooh. defensive line obsessed. Um, and then uh, Chase Wellner and Travis Tarbox as well. So you guys are great. Um, let's keep grinding here. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I am much more of a reader and enjoyer of defensive schemes than I am offensive schemes because um, I always think that defensive guys are more problem solvers where offense, you know, we're going to run dagger. We're going to run sale, you know, like out. Of, I like to run scheme stuff. That's way more aesthetically pleasing to me. Um, but I did think it was interesting. We did. What information did we get today from uh, Ejiro Ivaro? Broncos are going to be running a 3-4 defense, 3-4 um, base. Uh, then he said they're going to use different variations of sub packages. Okay, that's 
that's good. That's most teams in the NFL are doing that right now. Right. Um, he also said that they're going to use a lot of stuff that Vic Fangio had left over, which is great um, because there's a reason that teams across the NFL are, you know, trying to mimic what Fangio does. I mean, to the point, I think this is hilarious and no disrespect to Raheem Morris at all, but like McVay says to Raheem Morris, if you're going to be the defensive coordinator here, here's the first 10 pages of Brandon Staley's playbook. We're running the two high safety defense period. Figure out how, figure out how it works with your pressure looks. If you want to live in, uh, if you want to rotate down to cover three, that's great. Um, but this is, this is the basis of our defense. Okay. Raheem Morris learns it works out great. Um, obviously when you have, uh, Aaron Donald, it helps too. Um, but, um, Evro saying it matches, you want to match the personnel, what the guys do well, but, uh, I'm just really interested to see what it does. And I wish, I wish I could sit in with the coaching clinic. Like, well, does that mean you're going to do gap and a half? What about the main coverages are going to use on the back end? Obviously personnel dictates what you can do, but I just wanted to even more. I needed more of the nerding out stuff with the scheme from Evro. Right. Well, I'm just interested to see who he pounds the table for in the draft and in free agency to come in and help build this scheme. Yeah. Because, I mean, like we read earlier, there's a lot of positions, off-ball linebacker, edge, cornerback that are, are needing some players. What kind of players are they going to go get? Because then you can begin to start understanding what are they actually going to try to run within this system? You know, are, are they really going to try to run Fangio's 10 pages, first 10 pages? Or is he going to really mix this up a little bit more, be a little more aggressive on the back end, uh, be a little more aggressive in, in his pressure looks than what Fangio was? You know, that's probably my one big complaint with Fangio was he was conservative to a, to a T like they'd be marching it down the field. And this was, he was always a bend, but don't break kind of guy. Mm-hmm. We're going to stop him in the red zone, which I understand, but there's just times where it's like, dude, you got to mix it up. You got to get something here. Mm-hmm. The, the defense is just hemorrhaging points, <laughs> throw a pressure in there, throw something at him. And he just, he struggled to, to want to do that. And, and so I'm kind of hoping that we see that with Evero here, that he is a little bit more aggressive on some things and willing to send some pressures. And, you know, I loved almost, I loved Fangio almost two years ago more than I did this past year because his work with Alexander Johnson, with those, you know, a gap blitzes that he, that he would run. I'm like, dude, that's using a guy to his strength. And I know Johnson got hurt this year. So some of that got hurt of what they could do, but I would have loved to have seen Browning on a few more of those kind of looks. And they yeah. just didn't do it. But we got Big E Broncos saying Bradley Chubb is worth more on this team than what you could ever get back for him right now in draft picks. Yeah, I right now, at best, you can maybe get a late day two pick, I would say. Yeah. I mean, Edge is an important position, but just he's not put a whole lot of great film out there for the last couple of years here. And injuries, everything else, he's going to have a big contract coming up pretty soon. So right now he is, he's worth more to the Broncos and keeping him around and not wanting to hurt a position that is already struggling to, to have talent. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, this is, this is biggie kind of took the words out of my mouth. We're having the Bradley Chubb discourse. Oh, trade him for a fifth, get rid of him, blah, blah, blah. A, you're creating a bigger hole and B while Chubb's availability has been an issue, you are selling low and making an even bigger hole. Right. Like you are not, you shouldn't go into next year banking on him, but also you have the chance where he returns to being a, you know, 10 plus sack kind of guy. Um, and then if that happens, you're going to get more back compensatory pick wise than you are, than you are trading him right now. So it's way more value to keep him hope that he, uh, gets healthy and see what this year looks like and then make a decision from there rather than just, you know, selling off on him right now. I mean, he has to play healthy. He knows that, but he's entering 
a con contract here too, right? Like he knows that too. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get the best out of him. And then if he's so good next year and you don't trust him that, um, you know, then you got to let him go. And Brent saying Moody absolutely looks good in space. Not sure what you're seeing, Nick. Guess we're just going to have to disagree to disagree there, Brent. Um, doesn't look like a mover to me. Really struggles with uh, pass protection with his movement as well. But uh, we'll see how it hangs. Um, no, that's proofs in the pudding, I guess. Um, yeah, you guys are moving the needle too. Let's keep it going here. Um, we had a question here from somebody asked. Here we go. Zebulon, thank you so much. Which Rams defender might we try to trade or sign away from them in free agency? Not named Miller. Is there anybody off the top of your head that interests you? I, I haven't actually looked at their free agents of who they've they've got coming up here. Um, so I, I can't really speak to this a whole lot, I would say. Do you have anybody in mind? Uh, Darius Williams is somebody who uh, sticks out to me. Uh, five foot ten cornerback, weighs about 190 pounds, was with Baltimore for a number of years, and he was pretty good inside-outside there with the Rams with uh, Staley and uh, Raheem Morris. So he's one that intrigues me. I could see him maybe actually getting more money than the Broncos are willing to invest again at the cornerback position for a veteran, uh, given they have Darby right now. But that's, I mean, that cornerback position, I'm I'm hoping Michael Ojemudi can step up. But you mentioned the slot position. Um, also, there's Caden Stearns, who is a almost a complete unknown playing that level of play. And what we saw with this Rams last year, they really emphasized the, the pass rush, but they also emphasized safeties, different types of body types in that defensive backfield. And you're talking about Darius Williams is one of the guys that had Taylor, Taylor Rapp, who's a lot different than Nick Scott, who's a lot different than Terrell Burgess. Uh, so, so versatile on that back end. They Broncos are probably going to have to add some different body types and whatnot because Simmons and Stearns alone is not enough to uh, live in the dime packages if we're you know copy-pasting uh, somewhat what the Rams did last year. Good choice. Um, we got Michael coming back in here saying great show tonight. Nick and Carl, I'm building the Broncos Todd saying way too many injuries lately. That's football. I mean, that's another reason people uh, look at the, the roster. And I'm like, do you look at the starting 11? Nah, man, look at the two deeps because odds are every single one of those guys is going to see some significant playing time this season. Yeah. So um, and we'll see. I, I like that. They talked about that uh, yeah. when they asked the, the Rams coaches about, you know, what did it take to get to winning a championship? And they said, you know, when we met adversity, when we had injuries showing up of just guys sticking together, working through everything that we're doing, keeping things the same of whoever we're working with, we're going to keep it the same of trying to build them up, get them ready, all those kind of things. And just making sure the backups are ready. I, I, I almost felt a little bit like that might have been a shot at lock of, you know, we're not going to complain. We're not going to, um, you know, be all upset that that. uh I didn't get the starting job. We're actually going to make sure that we're still working to prepare. And, you know, I, I think Locke learned from his early season problems with that. You know, by the end of the season, he was doing much better of preparing himself. And yes, he got those starts and things like that. But, you know, again, those backups, they got to be ready. Backup quarterback. Most teams, their backup quarterback played a game or two or more. You got to expect that you're going to probably see the field at some point. Um, you know, wide receivers, cornerbacks, offensive line. The Broncos had four guys down at one point of their starting unit. You got to be ready to, to step in. And, and that comes from coaching and making sure the guys are prepared. And two, just the, the mindset of players, yep. making sure that they understand that this is a job that they've got to put full effort into, whether they're the starter or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, guys, we're 
starting to run out here. I'm getting at 55 minutes. Let's see if there's any more um, super chats coming in here. We got John coming in saying, uh, if we draft the quarterback, who's your top guy um, in this class for me? And I think it's hilarious because, you know, Tim Jenkins knows more about quarterback play than I'll ever learn. Right. He'll forget it today. Um, but the him and I have very diametric differences as far as the haves or the haves not at the quarterback position, because for me and uh, you guys can listen to, you know, not to, give too much credit to another podcast, but there was a mailbag episode from the athletic football show uh, this last week where they talked about athleticism at the quarterback position with Nate Tice, who, if that name sounds familiar to you guys, he's a uh, worked for the athletic for numbers, number of years coach as well. Um, the son of Mike Tice, longtime uh, our, uh, football coach, offensive line coach. I think he was the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings for a number of years as well. And uh, Robert Mays, but they said that like Mac Jones is an interesting case study because they believe that you have to have some level of mobility outside of structure to make plays right when the play is wrong, right? To buy yourself time instead of like one, two, three, get rid of the ball. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, because you can buy that more time and get to those. Um, And you need to be able to create outside of structure with that athleticism. So for me, I'm looking for the guys who have those superhero traits and whatnot. And I would rather swing on that kind of guy and miss than swing and get a single because the other team made an error, you know, like that kind of thing. I view the drafting a quarterback as a home run derby. It's not over the fence. It's an out. Um, so for me, my number one quarterback is Malik Willis. I understand that you have a boomer bust uh, chance for him. He's not young for the position as well. So it's not a one for one with Trey Lance, but the athleticism, I mean, he's legit body type and athleticism. He could play running back in the NFL. Like that's not hyperbole. He could, he's that level of athlete. And he's also got the best natural arm in this class. It's got a lot of work to do as far as mechanics, the lower base, processing, et cetera, et cetera. I'm swinging for the fences. And if I miss, I'm swinging again. Um, I'd rather, you know, swing three times uh, than swing once and hit a single and be like, oh, maybe that guy can turn into a double. Maybe he can turn into a triple. No, I'd rather know. And uh, that means leans me leaning into the guy with the highest traits. Um, so Malik Willis is my top guy. I'm torn on this because yep. when I'm watching the film, like I said, Malik Willis is probably the guy that underwhelmed me the most because it was just such a high variance of big play or nothing. And there's a lot of times where you saw him making really bad decisions, not understanding what the defense is throwing at him, just his pre-snap and post-snap ability. He's got a long, long ways to go. And so it's hard for me to even see him making it to that kind of level. And just not to cut you off real quick, but um, a caveat here is I think – every single one of these quarterbacks have a long way to go um, yes. from as line checks from as pre-snap uh, work. None of these guys did that except Desmond Ritter. He's the only one, uh, maybe a little bit picket, but they put way more mentally um, setting everything up on uh, Ritter than any of these other quarterbacks. Um, so just want to add that like Willis is far away, but so is Howell. So is correct. I, I get that. So is- I, I do. I, Man, I'm so torn. I, I guess I'll just throw out a name. I'll, I'll say Sam Howell right now just because, one, he's young. Yep. So th- there's a lot more opportunity that and possibility that he's going to grow as a player. I, I like that you see just the fight in the kid. I mean, that, that kid never quits. When, when his teammates were not very good this year, that guy willed them to some victories that they should not have won this year. Now, he made some really stupid decisions along the way and sometimes put his team in – position to lose games as well. Sounds kind of familiar to, to Drew Locke. Yep. Um, but I, I just, I think if you get him back to having more talent around him, like he would have here in Denver. And I think this system where you're really setting it up for the quarterback to have success, 
where you're making things a little bit easier. I think you can take advantage of some of the things that he brings to the table. And uh, so I I guess I'm I'm leaning into that one right now, but it's still right now, if the Broncos take them, especially pick nine, I'm going to weep openly. If we're doing our live show, I I will weep in that moment. I can guarantee it. Oh no, Chad, I lost connection. I'm I'm gone. Sorry. No, it's (laughs) we'll see. Um, And again, this is not, I swear to God, George Payton in a prior life was a CIA agent in the Cold War. So like everything we hear, like, oh, the Broncos think this. This is me doubting it every time. Um, but uh, I have heard that the Broncos front office, the personnel evaluator people have strict, stringent hand measurement thresholds that they have at the quarterback position. Um, so that probably Kenny Pickett at nine, not happening. Otherwise, he, from what I've heard, would have been their top quarterback in this class. Uh, but the eight and a quarter hand it, uh, hand size too scary, uh, too concerning. Um, so we'll see with that one. Unless this is what I was told, unless Nathaniel Hackett says that's his dude, maybe they would overlook that if you know the coaches are over the moon about somebody, but uh, who knows? And coming back to the mobility question with quarterbacks as well, early on, I'm the most important thing for a quarterback on the field is the processing and the accuracy, but. I like to have my quarterbacks to have multiple avenues of success and I want things to be simple for them. You know, what simplifies what a defense can do coverage wise for you is if they can only play zone coverage or drop zone coverage, because if they're playing man, the quarterback's running 80 yards for a touchdown. I like the, I like it when it can be simple because of that athleticism where they're not going to give them too much. And if a team tries to get cute, he'll, he'll burn them with the athleticism. So again, yes, it's going to be it for Willis. It would be erratic early on. Um, and maybe I, I also think he needs a year not even taking the field um, mm-hmm. to work on trusting his eyes. And instead of the first read's not there, dropping it and looking to be a runner, let's get to that second read. Heck, let's even get to that third read. You know, some stuff that I don't know if it's going to happen playing through it, right? I think he needs to kind of rework on some of those things before taking the field. Um, but uh, I don't know. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is my exact, I'm still at the same spot. I don't like any of these quarterbacks enough to take it nine. And which one, which quarterback do you want to take Nick out of the top six in this class? whichever one is on the board last. Cause I want to make the least investment possible. Cause I do like them all. I actually do like all these top six quarterbacks. Love them. Hell no. Right. Hell no. Right. I, I see an Avenue for them having success, each of them in the NFL. And, uh, and so, and, and I could see them all working differently within the system that Hackett likes to run. Mm-hmm. So uh, if they take one, like I said, later in the first, second round, third round, I'm not going to be all that upset about it. If it's at pick nine, though, that that is you telling the organization, this is the guy that we want to invest in and build around, and I don't have the confidence in any of these guys to be that guy. Yep, absolutely. And let's get to this last one before we get on out of here because Scott's not here, so he doesn't have to get a little bit annoyed by this. Um, But uh, Drew Locke, contract year, will he ball out? I think there is definitely out in the multiverse theory, multiple things can happen from here. Um, and Drew Locke balling out this season on his contract year is possible to the extent of what do you think balling out is? I think there's a possibility this year with the offensive scheme that they're going to run this year uh, with Drew Locke protecting the football that you could get top 15 level quarterback play from Drew Locke this season. Um, some of that is because of the system. Some of that is because the pass catchers and the overall talent that the Broncos have around the quarterback. Um, but um, I think you could get top 15 level quarterback play that for me with the overall that's, and I think that's probably the ceiling, you know, I guess who knows, maybe drew lock 
an asteroid comes and hits the earth and Drew Locke touches it and, you know, turns into Josh Allen. I don't know. Um, but uh, probably not going to happen, but, um, top 15, one year of quarter uh, control left. You probably not paying him the money that he wants to have. And you're back in the situation anyway, next year looking for a new quarterback. So, um, it's possible Drew Locke is here. He's still talented and he's cheap. And if he t- wins a competition as a starter, God bless him. I'll be pulling for him because he'll be the Broncos quarterback. And that's, way better. I'm not that petty to cheer against him because I'm a skeptic. Uh, right. But uh, I think that him balling out will be a, that's in the eye of the beholder, what balling out means, but I don't think he is, has the, the likelihood of becoming a consistent perennial top 10 quarterback. And that's what you need in the AFC West in the very least. Right. Well, you kind of look at the 49ers with Jimmy G like he, he he's a decent quarterback but they recognize that they need something more chiefs. When they had Alex Smith, he could become, I mean, he was a decent quarterback for them, but they recognized that they needed something more to, to be great, to actually compete for championships. And that, that's probably my biggest fear is drew lock turns into a top 15 quarterback. And then the Broncos are like, well, let's, let's pay him. Cause we really don't want to go back to being bottom three in the NFL again. And then you're kind of going through the Joe Flacco situation where he gets paid and they can't pay the guys around him. And all of a sudden they just become a, a not great team. I mean, they, they were never terrible, but with Joe Flacco, they just, they, they saw the fall off when you actually have to pay your quarterback. Yep. And, um, and it does make me nervous when a guy has that one year wonder when they're in a contract year, yep. was it motivated by money or was it actually, Hey, the light went on and, and things started actually clicking for him. Yeah. And the other thing with Drew Locke too, is if he is the starter this year, um, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Because so far when he's played, you know, more than five games, he's gotten dinged up and it's an impacted his play. So durability would be key with him. Um, he's here and I'm hoping that he plays well this year. And he did the low bar coming into these final three games last year. But all I really wanted to see was, can you run the offense and can you protect the football? Because first thing that our new offensive coordinator said is you got to protect the ball. You got to keep the ball because the yep. team that wins a turnover battle wins the football game. Drew Lock 2020 did not protect the football. Drew Locke, before the final three starts this last year, did not protect the football. He did in the final three games. Small sample size. I know those weren't great defenses either. I know. But that's something to hang your hat on and to be optimistic about. And again, the arm talent, still young, still cost-controlled. There is reason to be hopeful for him. Um, yep. Skeptic, but you can be hopeful. Uh, Nathan, coming in here with the wrench. I don't know what the wrench is in reference to, but... Uh, Fix it up, uh, Bob. Bob the builder. I'm building the Broncos. <laughs> it's about building. That's there. You go. Got to be it. It's got. And be then it. he uh, he came in with a five dollar super chat saying uh, the Rams said screw the picks and won a Super Bowl. How long do you think it takes until it's time to pay the consequences? Um, I mean they're putting it on a credit card. It could be they could be paying the consequences next year if the roster kind of falls apart. Um, but uh, they won the Super Bowl, right? So I think they would take that every time. You know, like this was what they're aiming for. It's so hard to win the Super Bowl. Everybody wants to be the Steelers and they, you know, drafting perennially great and being competitive year after year. They want to be the Patriots, a dynasty, but like those are rare. Those are hard to come by. If you feel like you're within your window, go for it. And mm-hmm. even if that means mortgaging some of the future, those windows are fleeting and there's no guarantee that you'll ever be in that window. It's the thing. It's the Aaron Rodgers conversation. Oh, we'll be bad in three years when he retires. So you're telling me we won't be bad for three years. Oh my God, that must be nice because we've been <laughs> terrible. Um, yep. So if you have a chance, go for it. That's right. really, I mean, there's no guarantees. Right. Well, 
I know a lot of people are like, well, Rodgers hasn't won a Super Bowl in a long time. I'd, I'd also add Packers haven't made moves like what the Rams did yeah. to go get him the players to, to actually go win a Super Bowl. Or, I'm or not saying that even. that Rodgers has been perfect by any means, but sometimes you got to take a risk. And the Packers are one of the most risk averse teams because they're just like, we've had a quarterback. Yep. We'll just rely on the quarterback and keep trying to build up the roster through the draft. And they don't do a whole lot in free agency. They don't do trades. And then they kind of wonder why do we keep coming up short compared to these teams that are aggressive and go get a Von Miller and go get a Matthew Stafford. And uh, you know, the, the chiefs again, trading for, for Patrick Mahomes, they gave up an extra first round pick to go get that guy. Then they traded picks to go get Frank Clark. And you know, they, they made moves to, to try to go win Super Bowls. That's what you got to do. And so I, I hope the Broncos get to that kind of point eventually here, maybe over these next few years where they can be aggressive and go get their guys. And you know, maybe it is an Aaron Rodgers trade. Maybe it's even more than that. Uh, I, I really hope so. But uh, all right, we've got Bryce coming in saying Hamilton, Stingley, Sauce fall, can't trade back, must pick one. Who are you taking and why? Hamilton. Yeah, it's, this is this is an easy one for me. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, I know the cornerback position is more valuable, uh, but if you're living in the 3-4 Vic Fangio style world, your safeties are a big part of your run fits, a big part of your run fits. Um, and having people kind of, oh, Justin Simmons missed some tackles. He's actually pretty good at coming downhill and being a run fit. He's not going to confuse anybody from Cam Chancellor, um, yeah. but uh, they are very important for the gap integrity when you have less guys in the boxes. And Hamilton, I've, I've said this before to Scott and his eyes have kind of glazed over because he didn't get the Pokemon reference. But uh, let's say um, if Justin Simmons is Eevee, then uh, God, I don't know who's what's a two level evolution Pokemon. I don't even know. But Kyle Hamilton is like bigger, faster, stronger Justin Simmons. Like if you took him on Madden, you took Justin Simmons on Madden and copied him and then changed his speed, athleticism, strength and added like five to ten on all his attributes. That would be Kyle Hamilton. And you could pair those guys together. What you could do from the pre-snap looks with the safeties, which one's coming down, which one's dropping back. Is it cover four? Is it match quarters? Is it cover three? Uh, who knows? Um, he's also extremely good in the short pass game, um, which the Chiefs, you know, to Teddy Bridgewater last year had more air yards than Patrick Mahomes, you know, that kind of thing. Why? They're dumping the ball down like crazy because they want to get their the ball to the playmakers in space and put your defensive backs in a bind. Did they say your defensive backs can't tackle our guys? No way. Um, Kyle Hamilton? you're going to be able to tackle. You're going to be able to not give up the, uh, the yards after catch. So uh, yeah, Pokemon reference again, there we go. Pikachu to write you. Justin Simmons is the Pikachu to uh, Kyle Hamilton's write you as a prospect. So definitely, definitely give me Kyle Hamilton. He's not going to be there. <laughs> not going to be there. Yeah. He's, he's the unicorn of this draft. Like if, if you're looking for the, those true blue chip game changing players, Kyle Hamilton is at the top of that list. Like, yes, he doesn't play as important a position as some of the other positions like cornerback, edge, that kind of thing. But go give me those blue chip players. If you can get them, boom, add them to this defense. Like I said, especially I, for me, safety is so much more important in this system compared to, to some others. Uh, like when we're talking about Wade Phillips, I don't worry as much about safety. I can have a um, Darian you know, Stewart. Yeah, Darian Stewart. There you go. I, Mike I, Adams. I almost said um i almost said darren williams i'm like that's not right no, no, um, but yeah stewart and you can still have an amazing defense with him back there but in this system you need great safeties to go and make this thing run as, as great as it can and 
you know, and then it kind of pushes those other young guys back a little bit. And so it gives you the depth of safety that no other team has. Uh, I, I just would be very excited about that. But uh, we got yeah. Bryce coming in saying at AJ Lavender talent is talent wise. I a hundred percent agree, but nobody uses two safeties as much as they use two. That being said, I take Hamilton and figure it out. I just pulled this up because I don't know where you're getting the nobody used two safeties as much as they used to. Teams are using safeties on defense more than ever. Um, there's you're seeing the Rams this year, and also we're gonna copy paste what the Rams did last year to the Broncos this year. You can't do that because there's only one Aaron Donald. But uh, I digress. Um, the Rams had the third highest uh, rate of six plus defensive back looks in the NFL last year. Some of that is because their linebackers were bad, but some of that is because they said, "Hey." why would we put worse coverage players out there when we can put better coverage players out there? Um, so Kyle Hamilton, Caden Stearns, Justin Simmons, you feel pretty good about that. And especially with uh, Stearns ability to play slot and some box and Hamilton's ability to do everything as well. And Oh my gosh, we have Scott showing up here at the end. What's going on, Scott? He's coming back from the, the concert waving at us here. Scott, it's been a little bit off the rails here for a little bit, but uh, we're going to get on out of here pretty soon. Now that he's hanging out with us, I don't even know what's going on. I'm, I'm totally uh, taken aback, and I, I agree with uh, Nathan here saying Houston's taking Kyle. I think uh, Kyle Hamilton is going to go there. So, And also Chad is saying it's time for us to go as well. Um, we love you guys. We got to get on out of here. Thank you, everybody who joined us today. You are great. Uh, we appreciate you. You guys can follow Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler, MHH, and I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also follow us at PTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, please join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're heading to Apple, iTunes, and going to Huddle Up Podcast. If you're listening after the fact, you're listening on YouTube, everybody has an iTunes account, right? Make sure you're going to find Huddle Up. Go there, leave us a five-star rating review. If you have a question for us that we didn't get to on here or something you want us to talk about, put it in the comments there with your review. Um, that'd be greatly appreciated. Number one thing you can do to support us, subscribe, like, and share to this channel on YouTube. Um, if you like Carl and I, you know, that's awesome. But we have a bunch of different shows for a bunch of different flavors for a bunch of different folks. Um, obviously, the flagship, the one that gets the – since the boss is here, I got to hype him up. But uh, the Huddle Up podcast with Zach, uh, Zach and Chad is – you know, the one that's on here the most, they do a lot of good stuff. Um, I'm in the mornings with Scott. You have the, the trickle zone going on. You have Dove Valley deep divers. You have mile insiders, Luke and I, I mean, we're busy. We're all around the place. So we love you guys. Um, Scott, anything that, uh, or excuse me, uh, Carl, Scott's here now. He threw me off. Um, <laughs> Carl, anything you want to touch on before we get on out of here? No, like I said, just, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about this, yep. this coaching staff and I'm excited to see how the players respond to them. Yep. to see the different schemes that they're going to bring to the table. What kind of players do they try to bring in? Because they talk about wanting to fit scheme to players, but yet you still want to go get players that fit what you want to do. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And of course, you know, combine coming up soon. We've got a lot of stuff going on, especially for building the Broncos and uh, just stay tuned in. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Love you guys. We'll see you again on Tuesday night. I'll see you on Scott's channel tomorrow. You guys are great. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Excited to see what the holds, the future holds for the Broncos. But until then, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.